This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to the No Name Ever podcast. Uh, as you can probably tell, this is not Natalie Bromley. This is Adam Dennett with you for the Millwall Home Preview Show. And joining me tonight is Dave Roberts. Um, great to have you along, Dave. Um, first off, what are your thoughts on uh, on the victory at Wigan over the weekend? Uh, very pleasing, yeah. I think uh, 4,701 travelling Clarets fans uh, delighted with that result and uh, many, many more at home as well. Um, yeah, really good result. Uh, five goals away from home. You can't complain too much about that, although maybe the, the scoreline did flatter us slightly, but there's certainly, uh, yeah, no one will be uh, holding that against us. That's, uh, that's a great start. That's why I can claim to be the one. Um, it was uh, it was my first away game for a while, and like you said, a, a five-one away when you've got to you've got to cherish them. Uh, nice that we were clinical with our chances after um, probably not making the most of uh, our dominance in the first few weeks, um, and and great as well that we managed to come through a spell of pressure after going two 0 like we did against Blackpool, and then regaining that dominance and 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 seeing it through to uh, to a victory and. The crowd loved it. Um, everyone in that away end were were bouncing, and um, yeah, really positive signs uh, moving forward. Um, so the uh, we did set the listeners a quiz question um, for the Wigan game, um, and that was who were the only three players to have scored in league games away at Wigan for Burnley? Um, what were the answers, Dave? And did any of our listeners get it correct? Uh, yeah, well, th- this was prior to this season, obviously, because we had a few names uh, added to that list since then, and it was at any level. It wasn't just the uh, championship games. Um, and those three scorers, now correct answers were, uh, John Deary scored for Burnley in a league game at Wigan in 1992. Uh, Glenn Little scored for us in 1998. Both of those were at uh, Springfield Park rather than the new ground. And Andy Payton uh, was the uh, first and before this weekend the only Burnley player to score a league goal uh, in a game 
at Wigan for Burnley. Uh, that was in 1999. And we did have one uh, correct answer. David Entwistle uh, was in touch. He was uh, slightly late off the mark, but we'll, uh, we'll be generous. I think he'd seen the third, he knew two, saw third one in the match report and uh, thought he'd take his uh, chances. So uh, we'll give him that one. He's our... Uh, Claret's quiz star for uh, for this week. Yeah, well done, David. Uh, I wouldn't have got any of those. Um, I didn't quite realise how poor our, our record was at Wigan, and like you've just mentioned, we've uh, we've massively improved on that this weekend. Uh, I think I've been to two nil nil draws and a one nil away defeat in, uh, in the Premier League uh, or nine ten season. So yeah, nice to put them um, memories at rest as well with uh, with a crushing victory yesterday. Now, um, on to Millwall at home on uh, on Tuesday night. Try and build on that momentum. Um, how do we do, or how have we done against Millwall in the Championship head-to-heads? Uh, yeah, Championship head-to-head. Uh, all of the 29 previous league seasons where Burnley have played Millwall have been in either the second or the third tier. Uh, most of those, that's 21, have been in the second tier with the remaining eight in the third. Uh, So once again, we have a lot of games to cover when looking back at Burnley's home games against Millwall in what is currently the Championship. Uh, The first block of six seasons at this level were all in the 1930s and 1940s. Uh, Burnley won five out of the six home games in those seasons, and that included a 3-0 win in December 1946. Uh, actually, Harry Potts, uh, future manager, was one of the goal scorers for Burnley uh, in that game. Um, on the way to gaining promotion, uh, as we did at the end of that season, to the uh, to the top flight. Uh, after a long run of 24 seasons in the first division, Burnley were relegated in the 1970-71 season. Uh, and the next two second-tier games at Turf Moor between the two teams were in the early 1970s. Uh, they were both Burnley wins. That meant we'd uh, won seven out of the first eight of the games in uh, in the list we're looking at. Uh, things changed, though, in the late 1970s, uh, as Burnley lost the next three in a row. That included a 3-1 defeat in December 1976. Uh, this meeting uh, between the two teams was featured on ITV's The Big Match, um, and that programme was guest-hosted by Kevin Keegan and Mick Shannon, two uh, England players of the time, uh, with a guest appearance from uh, who else but Elton John. Uh, the team spent four seasons together in the third tier. That was in the first half of the 1980s, before the next second tier meeting in the 1994 uh, 1994-95 season. Uh, and once again, Burnley lost this game uh, by a 2-1 scoreline this time. Uh, Burnley won three of four home games against Millwall. Uh, they were in the third tier, though, in the late 1990s and early 2000s, before we reach our next second-tier game. Uh, There were three consecutive draws between 2001 and 2003 during Stan Turnant's time as Burnley manager before the Clarets won again. Uh, That was a 1-0 win in November 2004, as Robbie Blake scored the only goal from the penalty spot. Uh, The following season, 2005-06, Burnley won again. Uh, It was 2-1 this time after we'd conceded inside the first minute. Uh, And in this match, remarkably, uh, referee Richard Beebe showed showed his red card four times. Uh, That was three Millwall players that were dismissed. Uh, Ben May was sent off in the tunnel at half-time. Jodie Morris was dismissed after 70 minutes. And uh, Burnley's James O'Connor followed him shortly afterwards. And finally, Millwall's goalkeeper, David Marshall, 
uh, was shown a red card after the final whistle for, uh, I think, arguing with the referee. Uh, that just leaves four more matches in my list. In March 2011, the visitors won 3-0, including two goals from Paul Robinson and the other from Andros Townsend. And the following season, a young lone striker by the name of Harry Kane. Uh, he was on the score sheet for the Lions as they won 3-1. Uh, the two teams played out a 2-2 draw at Turf Moor in September 2012 uh, with a young Ben Mee. Uh, he scored one of Burnley's goals uh, with a header and Charlie Austin scored the other. Uh, but Darius Henderson popped up with a late, late equaliser for the visitors. Uh, our last meeting at Turf Moor at this level was in February 2014 and we're going to revisit that match in a bit more detail very soon as it's going to be featured as our memory match. So to summarise, Burnley have won 10, drawn 5 and lost 6 out of the previous 21 second-tier matches at Turf Moor between the two teams. Very good. Um, you did briefly mention it, but uh, my um, well most fond memory from uh, watching Burnley versus Millwall growing up was in the Stan Turner promotion season, 99-2000, uh, where I think we went 4-0 up. Um, and then managed to scrape it in the M4-3 after uh, being put under quite a bit of pressure. So that was one of my mo um, like first nail-biting uh, uh, moments watching Burnley. And obviously there's been many more since, but... Um, I remember it well. <laughs> yeah, that were, that were a classic. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that um, like we did very well early on uh, in games against Millwall, and it's been a bit hit and miss since then, but... Hopefully we can put that uh, put that right on uh, on Tuesday. Next, we'll move on to the played for both uh, section, and it's a very short list this week, which surprised me a bit. What have you got for us, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, there's only 13 players who've played for Burnley and Millwall uh, since World War Two. Um, I think maybe distance comes into it a little bit. I think when you've got clubs that are further afield. Um, you look at the you know likes of Burries and Wiggins and teams. There's pr probably more um, uh, movement between those teams. Whereas for the London teams and South Coast, you don't get quite as many. Uh, but there have only been the 13 players uh, since World War II. Uh, starting off with uh, Billy Gray, who played for Burnley for several seasons in the 1950s. Played uh, 130 uh, games in total for Burnley, just 20 for Millwall. He played for both. Um, moving into the 70s, we've got a couple. We had uh, Alan West and Terry Cochran. Um, and then into the 90s then, we had uh, Paul Shaw. Uh, he played for us on loan. He played a long time for Millwall. He played 109 games for them. Um, and the other names on the list, Richard Huxford, perhaps a little less well-known. Uh, Richard Chaplow um, did really well for Burnley coming through the, uh, the youth ranks. Played 74 games for Burnley, played 30 for Millwall. Um, and then we've got Richard Duffy, Gifton Noel Williams, Josh McCoy, Jason Shackle, uh, spent three seasons Burnley captain, uh, and then Stephen Reid, Lloyd Dyer, and finally Chris Wood. That's the 13 names who played for both. Yeah, I think the um, I looked it up before we came on tonight. Um, Paul Shaw was, he actually, I don't remember it, but he scored in the first ever game I went to uh, at Turf Moor in a victory over Charlton Athletic. So um, I'll always remember that. Uh, so I'll always uh, fondly remember him for that, even if I don't remember much of the game itself. Uh, and then, yeah, Chaplow, only 74 games for Burnley. I thought he'd, um, thought he'd played more than that. But, um, yeah, very good point on the distance because you just assume because uh, 
we played Millwall quite a lot of times in in the year I've been watching Burnley. You'd ex- probably expect more transfers between the two teams, but that's probably reflected in uh, the amount of like more modern players that that have made that move. So yeah, distance is probably a factor there. Um, now on to the memory match. You've already mentioned it's from the 2014 um, season. Um, what happened, Dave? Uh, yeah, well, Sean Dyche's side were on a good run, uh, but came up against Ian Holloway's Lions at Turf Moor. Uh, Martin Wolford put Millwall into the lead when a headed clearance from a free kick fell to him just outside the D and he finished with a well-taken volley past Tom Heaton. That was after 27 minutes. Uh, at the other end, Danny Ings curled in an equaliser two minutes later but also had a penalty saved by Stephen Bywater before the break. Uh, there was still time for Dean Marnie to put the Clarets into the lead before the half-time interval. Uh, former Claret, we've mentioned already, uh, Richard Chaplow, um, he was introduced as second-half substitute for the visitors, but that was after Danny Ings had scored again for Burnley after 62 minutes. Uh, it was a, a fantastic piece of uh, skill. A uh, long ball through from uh, Kieran Trippier, brought it down the control in the box, uh, and slotted it in past uh, by water to make it 3-1. And that was uh, probably game over. I think Burnley managed the uh, the game pretty well after that and uh, had a comfortable victory. Uh, that victory did lift Burnley from third place up to second on goal difference. We were ahead of uh, Queen's Park Rangers, although we had played a game more than them. Uh, but we were still had a game in hand on Leicester City, who were top of the table, although they were 11 points clear at that stage. Uh, and you may recall, we eventually finished as runners-up and were promoted automatically, along with the Foxes, at the end of that season. In fact, the uh, the defeat against Leicester at Turf Moor, the uh, 2-0, uh, Nugent and uh, Chris Wood scoring for Leicester, that was our uh, only defeat in the latter part of the uh, the season as well. We went on a really good run, not quite as memorable as the 23 undefeated, uh, but a really good run at the end of that season. Um, after this game, Sean Dyke said... Uh, we are relentless in our attitude, in training, and as long as that relentless mentality is there as a collective, then we can get the results, and we uh, we certainly did. Um, Burn- we're hoping that Burnley can build on our excellent result against Wigan at the weekend and strive for another victory over Millwall at Turf Moor on Tuesday evening. Yeah, relentless, one of his buzzwords, loved that. That was in the highlight video, wasn't it, for that season? Yeah, 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 it was. Really? Um, yeah, great memories of uh, of that game. Uh, now we like to bring you an opposition view um, from our opponents. And this week that comes from That Millwall Pod. Take it away, guys. Well, things started quite well uh, for Millwall, actually. Uh, that opening day success, the 2-0 win over Stoke. Um, and people were quite positive after that. Um, things are a little bit downhill since then. You know, some injuries to some key players. Zian Fleming got injured. Um, Tom Bradshaw got injured at Cambridge uh, in 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 the EFL Cup defeat. Uh, George Honeyman got sent off. You know, so there's a couple of different errors of have, have creeped in that have resulted in a few errors and a few drop points. Um, a couple of comebacks as well. Uh, glazed over maybe a couple of cracks. Um, at Millwall at the minute, um, I think the the comeback against Coventry, everyone was on a high after that, but the two goals conceded was a bit of a concern. Um, and then obviously the defeat at at home to Reading last Saturday was a a low point 
of of the season so far. I think you know the lack of attacking creativity going into it. I think people were were really really uh, disappointed after the game. So it's not a happy a happy mood heading to Turf Moor on on Tuesday. Uh, I mean, you've got to give massive credit to Burnley. I think they've made a decent start. Um, I know they'd only. I know the five-one win at Wigan was only the second win of the season, but they've looked good. You know they've looked very, very good. Um, I watched them on the opening day at Huddersfield. I thought they were very, very good there. Um, I think Vincent Company's laying down the type of football he wants to play, um, and he'll be very, very, very happy. I think with how they've started the majority of it, um, they're vulnerable to conceding goals. Uh, we've seen that, you know, in that three-three draw with Blackpool. But no, look, they're a side that are going to. Pose a challenge. Um, I think Millwall will line up um, as they have done for the majority of the season. It will be a back five. Uh, I don't think there'll be many changes that Gary Rowett make. Possibly see a start for Andreas Vogel Sammer, uh, the German coming from Hertha Berlin. Um, we could see him start. Uh, we could also see a first up for Zian Fleming, um, which would change the dynamic of how the team play a little bit. You know, the you know, that should be a bit of quality going into the front men, which is possible. Um, but yeah, I'd expect Bart, Bart Biakowski in goal, the back four, back five, Danny McNamara, right wing back, a uh, back three of Sean Hutchinson, Jake Cooper and Murray Wallace. Scott Malone as the left wing back, um, George Honeyman and Billy Mitchell in the two holding midfielders. Zian Fleming as the 10 and then Benny Kofobi and Tom Bradshaw up front is how I expect it to go. Um, I'm not going into this overly confident, I've got to be honest. Um, I'd be happy if Millwall came away with a draw, drawing a clean sheet and I'd happily take a nil-nil right now. Thanks for that. Um, good stuff. Right, on to the referee, Dave. Um, who's in charge on Tuesday night? Uh, well, our referee is actually from Lancashire, uh, Lee Doty of Preston. He's going to be in charge of our home game against Millwall. Uh, and once again, as will be the case for several matches this season, it will be his very first Burnley match. Um, he was, however, in East Lancashire this weekend. Uh, he took charge of the match which took place at Ewood Park on Saturday afternoon. Um, and uh, you may have seen the uh, the details that the home side lost again. Uh, this time to Stoke City, 1-0. Um, and they've now lost three games in a row after winning their first three matches of the season. Uh, Burnley's emphatic win on Saturday meant that we have now overtaken them. We're in sixth place uh, above them on uh, on goal difference. Um, Lee Doty kept his red card in his pocket on Saturday, uh, but he's already shown one red card so far this season. That was to Mark Sykes of Bristol City but we'll be hoping that he can keep it 11v11 on Tuesday. Definitely. And, yeah, I've just got to mention, it's uh, the world feels right again. Now we're back above Blackburn Rovers. It, it weren't weren't a very nice few weeks, and uh, I think we all took a bit of stick, but you'd probably take that after uh, the last decade of uh, dominance, we'll call it. But, yeah, hopefully it's just a, a blip, and now we can uh, stay ahead of them for the rest of the season. Um, anyway, what um, what would would you do anything to the team on on Tuesday? How are you feeling about the game? Are you confident after after the win at the weekend? 
Um, it's hard to say, I think. The games do come thick and fast in the Championship and playing Saturday, Tuesday, and also being mindful the next game against West Brom's on Friday. Uh, there might have to be a little bit of management of the squad in there. If any players kind of coming back um, or got anything of a niggle, um, then they're going to be rested, I think. So there might be one or two changes. I think when you're looking at players for that, you're potentially looking at Johan berg He played 45 minutes in the Cup. It was perhaps a surprise. He was starting on Saturday. It might be too much to go in with him again on um, on Tuesday. So he might be rested or or left on the bench for, for Tuesday, possibly. Um, Jay Rodriguez looked very sharp again on Saturday. Um, so, again, it might be a case of he, well, hopefully, probably will start, <clears throat> but it might be the case he plays the first hour and then uh, we, we see changes. We've obviously got options now with with five substitutes to uh, to change things around again. The players who've been coming on have been um, very strong. You know, the fact that um, uh, likes of Bastian can come on and score, Nathan Teller as well. So, yeah, the, the, there, are, there are players who can... Come in and um, and and do a job. It's 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 great to have a um, a squad. Uh, oh, sorry, Churlinoff wasn't it who came on rather than uh, Teller that started the game. But there there are players in there in the squad who are capable of coming off the bench and 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 doing things and and putting their names in the frame for the next game. So it may well be that one or or other of them get a start and we change things round for Tuesday. But I think Vincent Company will have to be a little bit careful with the games coming thick and fast to make sure that it does manage that squad because you do have to be uh, a little bit careful. You don't want to be in a situation where a player gets a, a long-term injury, is out for two or three months. That does sort of uh, reduce his hand and limit um, what he's able to do. Yeah, I think I, I agree with everything that you've said there. Um, it's really nice to have um, have a bit of depth, in the, um, especially with the, the attacking options. We can... Um, probably chop and change a couple of positions without impacting the team too much. And yeah, like you said, uh, Bastian and Churlin have both had a positive impact when they came came into the game at the weekend. Um, one thing I was worried about was uh, Ian Matson being um, being suspended because he's looked really in one of the bright spots of of the early part of the season. And um, but Vitinho went in there on Saturday. Uh, and I think companies are like talked from the start about having two players in every position, and he really stepped up at the weekend and uh, played a big part in those first two goals. Uh, we're up and down all afternoon, and yeah, I'm not quite as worried about that that part of the team. But whether he makes a couple of changes to freshen things up or goes with the first eleven, um, I'm I'm pretty confident uh, we can carry that on on Tuesday and hopefully get our first home win of the season after three draws. Because uh, yeah, teams do seem happy to come and um, and settle for a point, and we need to try and find some solutions to that. Um, what's your prediction for the game, Dave? I'm hopeful of a win. I'm going to go for a victory. My prediction, but I think it might be tight. I don't think it's going to be a runaway win. I'd, I'd like it to be again, um, but I'm going to go a little bit more cautious and go for a two-one win to that. Yeah. Don't really blame you for that. I just, I really, really want us to get a clean sheet and um, and build build on that defensively because we did for the majority of the game against Millwall look really solid. Obviously, just one mistake. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to go for a two nil win. Um, J Rod and Brownhill carrying on the uh, the good form from from the start of the season.
Shall we move on to the stat of the week? Uh, yeah, this week's stat of the week relates to Burnley's Josh Brownhill. Um, he's our top scorer in the championship so far this season. His brace at Wigan means that he's now scored a very impressive four goals in the first six league games of our current campaign. Uh, prior to this season, uh, he's only scored three times previously for Burnley. Uh, he scored twice in the Premier League at Brighton and at Watford, um, as well as a spectacular goal in the Carabao Cup uh, in a match played at this week's opponents, Millwall. Very good goal it was. Yeah, yeah, screamer. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with Brownhill uh, this season, not only on the pitch, but um, like his attitude in off the pitch. He's said all the right things in interviews. Um, and just seems to come across a real leader within that squad now. And we were talking before, you obviously mentioned that um, we were talking before the recording, uh, that he was the captain at Bristol City. So he's obviously got um, those leadership leadership responsibilities in there, those qualities. Um, and yeah, hopefully he can carry that on. How impressed have you been by Brownhill this season, Dave? Um, yeah, he, he seems to be playing with a, a determination. He's got more of a freer role, more of an attacking role. Um, and he's taken that on board. He's, he's kind of run with it. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the chance he took with two, two goals, you know, powered one into the uh, the roof of the net. And the, just a the little cutback for the uh, second goal was uh, was class, wasn't it, for the, in, the, in the second half for his uh, second goal. So yeah, more of the same, please, Josh. But I just think we need to be a little bit cautious um, I, I jokingly tweeted at the uh, weekend that someone at Turf Moor needs to uh, lock him up till the transfer window shut. We don't want uh, uh, him to be shipped out before uh, that window closes. No, definitely not. There's There's been interest in him in the past and uh, yeah, not really thought about uh, any outgoings um, with all the excitement of uh, of all the incomings. But yeah, that that'd be a big blow for you if we lost him at this stage. But fingers crossed that won't be the case. On to this week's quiz question. Um, I'm hoping I do a bit better this week, Dave. I've been doing a bit... Uh, well, I've, I've done very poorly this season uh, with the quiz question. So what have you got for us this week? Right. Well, this week's quiz question is uh, fairly straightforward. Uh, what was unusual about Burnley's home game against Millwall in the Championship in September 2002? I've no idea. Um, I'll, have to have a, I'll have to have a think about that one. Um, no, nothing springing to mind there. So um, hopefully uh, the listeners are doing a bit better than uh, than I am. Uh, I will be submitting my answer if uh, if something does uh, spring to mind. But how can the listeners get in touch if, uh, if they want to submit their answer? Uh, yeah, in the usual way, uh, you can contact us on Twitter. You are better off sending us a direct message. That means that no one sees your answer. So you can DM, um, that's at never on Twitter. You can send an email to us, a dedicated email address we've got set up, which is previewshow at never.net, Or you can reply to the post that will go up for uh, this preview show on our Facebook page. Either of those methods and we'll... Uh, read out any correct answers for the next preview good stuff um right there's uh, there's no fpl update this week as we're recording on sunday evening and the website won't be fully updated until tomorrow morning uh just a, a quick note to say a reminder to say that um there is a midweek game week uh this week 
So make sure you change your captains, do your transfer, and submit your teams before the Tuesday deadline at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Make sure you've got your teams confirmed. Um, and just a reminder as well, we will be closing the, um, the league on the 31st of August, at the end of August. So this is your last chance to enter. Uh, we will tweet out the league code so you can uh, you can join. We've had a record number of, uh, of entries this season. So thank you very much for your participation. Um, I think that's uh, that's it from us. Well, that's it from me this week, Dave. Have you got any other business? Uh, no, just to say to everyone, uh, enjoy the game on Tuesday. Hopefully we can get that elusive uh, home win. I think we've deserved a little bit more out of the... Uh... The three draws we've had already, it's a disappointment just to get three points from those games, particularly the Blackpool one, I think, where we were uh, we looked to be coasting and then uh, let them back into it. So, yeah, I think we're well overdue a, a home league win at Turf Moor, so hopefully we can go with all three points on Tuesday night. Here's to that. And um, just finally, um, we'll be back midweek uh, to review the, uh, the Wigan away game and hopefully another positive result uh, in the Millwall game on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, the analysis team will be back for that. And then we'll have another preview show. They're coming thick and fast before the the game that Dave mentioned there um, earlier on, the West Brom away game on Friday evening, live on Sky Sports at 8pm. Um, finally, um, my thanks go to Dave for joining me this evening and providing us with all his usual brilliant stats. Um, producer Matt, um, for knitting all this together um, does a great job behind the scenes um, and it, it can be uh, mayhem sometimes and he sorts it all out um, to the opposition view uh, that Millwall pod uh, for providing their thoughts before the game music uh, by George Gaskill uh, and finally to you the listeners of which none of this would be possible without you guys get on the turf on Tuesday support the boys See you next time. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.